Hello everyone, this is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy meet Superman Family, number 164, May 1974. Yes. We're getting, we're mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure the fans are like, I don't know what to call, I don't know what to call them now. The, the DC Comicsites? I don't know. The, the Disciples. The, the Disciples of Apocalypse. <laughs> They're probably wondering what's going on. They're like, well, I thought this was, I thought this was an adventure comics show now. No, no. They now were wrong. It, now, they were wrong. They're wrong, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're not giving up on adventure comics. No, no, of course not. We're introducing a new schedule. Yes. Where we'll go Superman Family, Adventure Comics, Superman Family, Adventure Comics. Every except, other week, yeah. Every yeah. Other, other week, right? So we, yeah. we're releasing these every other Wednesday. Right. But if this so goes well, yeah, we could we yeah. could release them every week if we kind of alternate. Right. Um, well, we're also you never know when we might add another. Just pepper it in. Pepper Some it in. You never, you yeah. never know. You never know. Because this is like well, well, basically what we're creating here is the first, as far as I know, wheel program podcast. <laughs> now, wheel programs, nobody ever knows what that is, right? <laughs> Do you know what a wheel program I, is? I don't. Is okay, it just a like a variety show? No, a wheel series was they started in the late seventies. Okay. And it's the most successful one, although it wasn't the first one, was the NBC Mystery Movie. And it ran on <laughs> okay. ran from seventy one until like seventy eight. Okay. All and right. so every so it was called the NBC Mystery Movie. And okay. for the first few years it there was a rotation of Columbo, McLeod, and McMillan and wife, which meant one week would be Columbo, the next week McLeod, the next week McMillan and wife, then Columbo, McLeod, McMillan and wife, etc. Right, and that's how it worked. And every channel, like every every major network, NBC, ABC, CBS, had a wheel program. Like there was one called The Name of the Game, Four and One, The Bold Ones, The Bold the Hard, Ones, The Bold Ones. The Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew mysteries, oh, where it would whoa. rotate with All that. Right. Um, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's exactly. And that's what we're essentially doing. Yeah. what we're doing. And as far as I know, this is the first real program podcast. That's true. We <laughs> we, we market ourselves as such, it's something no one knows, but they need to know. Right. We're going back to the seventies, both for both for the idea wheel of a wheel series, yep. and also because we're reading these Superman families from the 70s. And that's what we do. We read comics, talk yes. about them. This week, and every other episode, we're going to be doing the Superman family of comics. Um, this is from May 1974. I'm not as familiar with the Superman family brand, but these, these uh, or the Superman family line, Yes, of comics, but these uh, these comics kind of feature all of Superman's pals. You got Supergirl, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Perry White, Perry White, Crypto. Yeah. Um, so it, you, know you know more about on, this, right? Than and I it, well, yet. first I want to point out if you notice on the cover it says Jimmy Olsen presents the Superman family. That's. <laughs> I feel like reading these issues, we're going to do the three Jimmy Olsen stories that are in for this, this one. For this yeah. one, yeah, and. Uh, Sometimes when I read the Jimmy Olsen, any Jimmy Olsen story, it's as though Jimmy Olsen himself is writing it. <laughs> I think that's true. I think Jimmy Olsen would would come alive, like yeah. much like Peter Frampton. Right, Jimmy Olsen <laughs> comes alive. Right, but <laughs> but a different kind of coming alive, I guess. So these Superman family issues would yeah. uh, kind of feature a new story, but also repeat Reprint stories, right? A bunch yeah. Of, yeah. So essentially, what happened was. Now, if you notice, this is the this is the first issue of the Superman family, and yet the number is one hundred and sixty four. Okay, I did not know that. <laughs> yes, so that's because it takes it? it takes over the numbering of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Ah, okay. So, <clears throat> what happened was Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane, right? Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen were both canceled. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, Supergirl was also canceled. Right. Which is why they're featured on the cover. Okay. And they just kept the numbering of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, as opposed to calling it Superman Family Number 1. Oh, okay. They should just have done it. that. They should, should have... These <clears throat> days it would have definitely been number they, 1. They would have definitely done it these days. Um, there, there's actually some sort of... I don't really know the 
full reasoning, but I think it has something to do with like post office, like with the post office, the U.S. post office. Okay. I think they had something. They had, they, something. They had something to do with the canceling of the Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> no, 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 the renumbering because that's oh, okay. what comic books used to do would just renumber. Oh, okay. Hmm. As opposed to start at number one. Yeah. Like and if you just... notice, like the first uh, Captain uh, Captain America from Marvel is like Captain America number one hundred because it takes over the uh, numbering from I think Tales of Suspense. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> well, that's... And I think it ha- and all of the Marvel characters essentially, other than the Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. And I think the X-Men are all like that. Hmm. I think they all took over numbering from previous titles. And um, all the EC comics would do that as well. I wonder if it has something to do with if you renumber it, it's a new title, and something is different with the way that you ship it or something like that. I don't know. It's, it, it has something to do with I think you have to pay some sort of fee to the post office when you create a new publication. I don't think that's like a law anymore, but it was. It, oh, it's a, I see. It's yeah. been years since I've read, since I've okay. read about it why they would no, do that. Okay, so this is Superman Family yeah. number one. But, but it's number it's 164. 64. Okay. Yeah. So okay. these these issues feature, as you said, Jimmy Olsen, Supergirl, Girl, Lois Lane, and kind of these wacky stories where Superman is tangentially involved in, right? Yeah. He, you know, yeah. It's, it's his family. Exactly. And um, if you notice, this is a 100-page book. We're not going to go through all the stories, but there's a right. ton of stories. In yes, there. yes. And it's 60 cents. It's more expensive than your typical normal size comic. Right. But and, some, um, yeah, go ahead. There's a reason why DC did this. They did this with the Superman family. They did it with the Batman family. They created one called the Batman family. And um, they also did some other ones. There was like a Tarzan one that was like that. And um, some other ones off the top of my head I can't think of. And um, they were doing it because they're trying to... This is around the time when Marvel started beating them in the market share. Okay. Um, so they <clears throat> came up with this idea of, well, we'll release longer comics, a, a, a series of, not, they didn't do this to their whole brand, but a series of longer 100-page comics with a higher price on it. And thus, we'll kind of make up that from, okay. from that. So instead of your typical comic being like a quarter, here's one that's 60 cents. And it's kind of like you're buying, like, over two comics just from buying one. Right. Now, I don't know how successful they were, um, but Superman Family did last 59 issues, and it lasted almost 10 years because okay. it was a bi-monthly yeah. comic. So this one was relatively successful, but um, the Batman Family wasn't as successful, I guess. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> okay, here's what happened. When the Bat... No, when the Batman... When the DC implosion happened in the late 70s... Right. They wanted to cancel a Batman title because Batman wasn't selling all that well then to sustain three titles, which is crazy to think about. What now. did it have? It had Batman, Batman Detective, Detective Comics. Comics, and Batman Family. Oh, right. Okay. Now that's crazy to think about now when you know there's you know Batman, there's Gotham Academy, there's yeah. Grayson, <laughs> there's Robin, son of Batman, there's you know We Are Robin, there's Batgirl, <laughs> and on and on and on and on. You know. Right. Um, Detective Comics is still around. So they wanted to cancel one, and the title that was going to be canceled was Detective Comics. Interesting. But what happened was someone at, I want to say it was Paul Levitz, said we can't cancel Detective Comics because that's our namesake. We're DC. That's right, that Detective would be, Comics. That would be I bad. mean, we can't do that. You know, we've got so much history with this, we can't cancel it. So they canceled the Batman family, but what they did was they turned Detective Comics into the Batman family. <laughs> so they just changed the name. They kept the name Detective Comics, and they kept the numbering, Right. but the contents became what the contents were of the Batman family. Okay. The Batman so, family lead stories were always Batgirl and Robin team-ups. Okay. So yeah, that's all. The, so that's what they did. And so Detective Comics became a 100-page comic with reprints and a new story at you know the higher uh, price point. Okay. So, and and bi-monthly. Yeah, I think it was bi-monthly for a okay. while. And I think that um, that ultimately changed, I think, somewhere in the early 80s. Okay. Yeah. So the, the Superman family, as we said, it's got at least one new story, right, every yeah, other month? Yeah, there's one new story. Okay, just one new story. Yeah, and this month, this issue, it's Jimmy Olsen. Right. But it, but again, like the wheel program, it changes. Like the next one, I think it's Supergirl and then Lois Lane, okay. then Jimmy Olsen, and so forth. 
So this has um, three Jimmy Olsen stories, as we said, one featuring Perry White. And yeah, it's more, of a Perry White, it's more of a Perry White story than a Jimmy Olsen story. Yeah, that's true. So, and it's got a, uh, here on the cover, let's just get right into it. The, you see at the top, 100 pages are really advertising that, only 60 yeah. cents. Superman Family, Jimmy Olsen presents the Superman Family. Um, we see on the side just a Jimmy Olsen wearing these nice green slacks, just bell bottoms, really looking yeah. good. Well, I mean, he's really stylish. He's got that white turtleneck, a black jacket. Yes, kind of he's checkered, got, checkered, <clears throat> checkered green bell bottom slacks. I mean, he's he's hip. I mean, this is not your your granddad's Jimmy Olsen. And we, <laughs> this is the Jimmy That's Olsen true. that would have been shot and killed at Kent State. That's this is yeah, this is Jimmy Olsen protesting against the man exactly the cool cat jimmy olsen yeah. we see then, uh they, they see, kind of feature all the stories on the cover right they do and and you know like we have the little jimmy olsen there but let's let's not look over supergirl and lois lane who That's they true. who they tried to make looking as bodacious as possible I gotta say they do look very bodacious but so does jimmy olsen in his well, own yeah, way yeah but I mean that's always though but the, the one that gets me, though, is the picture of Lois Lane. You know, Lois Lane, you kind of always think of kind of like business professional. Right. I mean, here she's wearing what appears to be black leather hot pants. Yep. Showing lots of leg. Yeah, she, she's just more leg than Jimmy Olsen. Almost. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Olsen's got very long, long yeah. legs, though. And she's also seemingly wearing a like a, a, an incredibly tight white tank top. Yep. And high heels, though. Yeah, I mean this is this is the new Superman family. You know they have yeah. to they have to sell it. Yeah, the Perry White at the bottom in his uh, little feature there is not looking too. He's just looking angry, smoking a yeah. cigar. Well, he doesn't like the changes, you know. Yeah, that's he's true. your granddad. <laughs> he's like, I want my old Jimmy Olsen back. Yes, he's but like, he I'm fine. With, I'm, I'm fine with this current Lois Lane, but I want my old <laughs> Jimmy back. Where's the bow tie? That's what he said. We do see the bow tie, Jimmy, in this because, as you said, there are some old um, stories in this. But the new stories featured on the cover here, we see Jimmy Olsen kind of entering a cave Mm -hmm. um, with a flashlight. And there's a skeleton, kind of a conquistador-looking skeleton holding a treasure chest on the cave. Open. He's holding it open, too. Yeah, and it's... Presenting it to someone. Lots of gold inside, you know, all kinds of fabulous treasure. Right. Jimmy... Uh, we see Superman flying behind Jimmy, and Jimmy says, take off, I can solve my own problems. But on the back wall of the cave, we see kind of this figure with a gun. Mm-hmm. Not so inaccurate, I would say. No, it's this is kind of pretty much what's going to happen in the story. In a way, I mean, he never, tells, he never tells Superman to buzz off. Yeah, he doesn't. Quite like that. He does tell him, you know. He does. In a, yeah, he does. But it's like in a more of like, hey, I'm your pal sort of way. Not like, hey, get out of here, bud. I don't like you. The other stories featured on the cover um, that we're not going to talk about today, though, no. is uh, Brainiac's Trap for Supergirl, the <laughs> the three wives of Superman. And, and they're all see, dead. Yeah, we see, uh, yeah, they're all, Superman's at this mausoleum of three wives. One's a mermaid. Yeah. One is well, that's, yeah, yeah, I can't remember her name. I can't, let me look her up. Because he actually had a mermaid girlfriend in the Silver Age. Oh, really? Lori... Lori Lamaris. Okay, so that's that's an alternate history story, but we're not going to talk about that. The Superman loves gals with the LL name. Lana Lang, Lois Lane, Lori Lamaris. I know. They kind of pushed that. They pushed yeah. it. And the other one we see that I kind of wish we would have yeah, read and talked about today, <laughs> but we're not going to, is uh, Crypto, Hollywood star. We see Crypto fighting like a Transformer car robot. It looks <laughs> pretty good. Michael Bay's new Transformer. It movie. is just Crypto. You know, um, maybe maybe in the future we can come back and read some of the ones that we skipped. <laughs> yeah, maybe, fun. yeah. But today we're just doing the three Jimmy Olsen stories, only yeah. one of which is featured on the cover, and it's the new story, Death Bites with Fangs of Stone. This opens, the splash page of this does not waste any time. And in fact, no, I think like, all of these don't waste any time. No, I know. It's like we missed like, the, the actual beginning. We just enter in the middle. Right, and I thought, like, did, did we need to catch up here? Did we miss something? But no, no, this is just how it is. We see Jimmy Olsen running to his father's mansion. It's exploding with a big... Now, cup, did, you know Jimmy Olsen had, did you know Jimmy Olsen had a wealthy father? I didn't know that. You know, I've read this story before, but I had completely forgotten about it. So, so once I read it, I was like, How well was oh, that yeah, established? Because they kind of talk about it here. 
I have no clue when that was established. So somewhere along the line, they were like, "We have too many orphans in the DC universe." And Jimmy so needs to be fabulously Jimmy, rich. Yeah, let's give Jimmy a, a rich father. So Jimmy's running up the. He's thinking, "My father's mansion." Those young hoodlums blasted it. The, the oh, mansion is like hoodlums. it's falling down. There's a giant explosion. We see all these kids running from it. Hoodlum kids. One that has long hair. <laughs> um, he says, "Dear God, Dad could be trapped in there or dead, like snarling." Like a snarling wolf pack, they seem to strike, draw blood, and strike again, but lurking in the shadows is an even more savage beast. And Jimmy Olsen, Mr. Action, will yet discover that death bites with fangs of stone. Um, they, they really hit that Mr. Action name throughout the entire, yes. all of the stories. Which, like, may, which is like, I feel like if Jimmy Olsen were a real person, he'd be reading this and go, you need to add in more of that uh, Mr. Action. Mr. Action. I'm Mr. Action. I feel like he calls himself yeah. that. He, he's the only one like, who calls himself that. In I, this. I almost feel like he came up with the name himself and is trying to make it stick. Yeah, and it's like not. when George tries the T-bone. Yeah, a T-bone. Jimmy Jimmy Olsen's nickname is Coco. Yeah, <laughs> so Superman keeps calling him Coco. He's hey, like Coco. it's a distraction. Hey Coco! All right, so we see Jimmy run up. <laughs> he calls him Steve the Slinger, Mister Action at, at the office. <laughs> Harry White as Mister Action. Yeah. Could the order Lo- the T-Bone steak for lunch? Lois Lane. Uh, <laughs> Lois Lane is T-Bone. That's her nickname. Right. That's what she calls herself. So we see Jimmy Olsen run up to the the mansion. Thankfully, his father's okay. Um, the blast only affected his corner library. But uh, he's looking shaken up. We, Jimmy's dad kind of yeah. has this also red hair, a goatee, looking very nice. Looking almost more fashionable than Jimmy, I would say. Because Jimmy's, well, wearing, Jimmy's wearing all green. <laughs> Two-tone green outfit. Um, and his well, dad's you know wearing funny? this hot like, purple suit. They're, they're trying to make Jimmy look more hip yeah. in these issues, uh, you know, in the newer stories. But when we look at the old story with Perry Mason, which is from 1964, when Jimmy's yeah. wearing the bow tie, he that looks more like It's far now. more modern, yeah. <laughs> I know. And yeah. like his haircut. Like all that he's too. missing is like a, like, a, like a handlebar mustache. Exactly. Which his dad has. Along and, with a, the good and a PBR. <laughs> You know, if if they made Jimmy today, that's what he would be like. If they kind of redid his look very yeah. radically, they probably it, he probably actually is like that now. He's probably blogging. The I Daily, bet he is. The Daily Planet's like a BuzzFeed like type BuzzFeed, blog. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mythsoplectic <laughs> attack <laughs> Superman. You won't believe what happened next. <laughs> Click here. So we see Jimmy. Uh, his father's okay. He's saying, "Thank, thank heaven you came." Crypto met a cat for the first time. You won't believe what it's happened. Like top ten, top ten list. That's all the Daily Bugle is now. So, so those teenagers are still all kind of standing around, looking at the the rubble there that they caused. And Jimmy's like, "Who are these teens that caused the explosion? What caused it?" And then his dad reveals, um, "Here's part of the answer. I turned my estate into a refuge for disturbed youngsters." Uh, with, you know, in trouble with the law, and I'm calling it Olsen Town. <laughs> and he's got a big gold sign that says Olsen Town that he's pointing to. I like how he's obviously been doing this for a while, and he's never told Jimmy. I know, that's what I'm wondering, is, like, Jimmy's really hasn't been around for a while. I mean, this is well established. These kids have been here for a long time, and they just blew up his house. <laughs> um, and And Jimmy's like, why did you do this? And he said... <laughs> Uh, it's my way of making it up to you. I disappeared during your childhood. You were raised in an orphan without a home. And there's a little editor's note. Um, Mark Olson was lost in the jungle for years. He was suffering from amnesia. <laughs> you know what I find odd is that Jimmy never mentioned him, as far as I know, in the past issues. I mean, was he a baby when this happened? Or it must what? have been, yeah. I, 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 want, I want more of that backstory. But all we have now is that Olson Town has been running for a while. <laughs> Um, and then there's this other guy there, Dr. Herring, I think is his name. It's Herod. Herod, okay. Dr. Herod. As a psychologist, he says, I talked to your father into this project, and I'm almost sorry, these young hellions, he's pointing to all the kids, on a campaign of destruction. And they're all kind of just standing there silently, looking very threatening. I mean, they just blew, they just tried to kill him. But I like it's a rainbow coalition of kids, though. Yes, there's a lot of. Yes, there's a Native American. There, yeah, I was gonna say there's even a Native American hanging around. Well, you know, it's you know, Mark Olson does not discriminate. He takes in he all doesn't. the troubled oh, youth. I know. I'm, I'm kind of confused. How big is his estate? 
I mean, he's housing, what, like 30 kids? Yeah, it looks like a, a lot of troubled boys there, yeah. And they don't share rooms. We know this from when we meet one of the kids later. Right. Yeah, they have all their own rooms. No, it's, it's, it's a big estate, and there's sabotage in it. And this is a cushy place for an orphan. Yeah, it's not so bad, but uh, Mark Olson says it's his fault. His business interests are, you know, he's losing in the stock market. He's neglected Olson Town. It, it needs repairs and improvements. And in resentment, some of these kids have started this vandalism. He's, and they're not talking to the kids. They just assumed it was all the kids. And he goes, I'm, you know, I'm close to bankruptcy. I need to sell my estate, get shut down Olson Town. And Dr. Harrod says, you know, I'd hate to see that happen. But, you know, there is an offer from someone to buy it for a million dollars. And I, I love this Phil- now. Philanthropics Incorporated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that name. I love this. And Jimmy's like, hey, you're not going to chicken out, are you, Dad? And he's like, no, you're right. I'm going to. What, what? No, he says, you're not going to chicken out. You're not going to chicken out, Dad. <clears throat> you always taught me that Olsen's hang in there. He never knew his dad. I know. I feel like this is almost the first time they've met each other. That's what I like to believe. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark Olsen says, you're right. It's a matter of family pride. Um, but I have to go on some vital business deals. <laughs> What do you think his business deals were? I think I know. I think I I think I know exactly what it was. Coke, binge, and hookers. <laughs> That's what he's, he's like. I gotta go for a little bit, uh, but you're in charge, and Herod will handle all the details for you. And J- I look. Jimmy says, "Look, I'm Mister Action. I can't. <laughs> I'm a reporter. I, readers rely on me." <clears throat> and he goes, "But I need your help." The, the dad says he needs his help. You know, Olson Town is the only home these kids know. You're not going to turn him down, and and Jimmy says, "I'll do it. I'll do it." So the next I mean, day, he's, he's Mister Action. I mean, is he really capable of being in charge of a home for wayward youth? That's what he's saying, but he's going to give it a shot. He's going to give it that old Olson try, <laughs> that old Mister Action try. <laughs> exactly. So the next day, uh, Jimmy meets all the kids. They're standing at this assembly. Jimmy's thinking to himself, "It's a, they're acting tough, but they're not really tough." But right. and we see all the kids kind of yeah. There's a Native American who looks like he's thirty, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, just a, 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 there's a blonde kid that says, yeah, we'll show Mr. Action some real action. Yeah. Kinda, is that what I think is, I think, and he's kind of looking back at the, the Native American guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking that I think they're going to sexually assault Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> That's what he means. Um, so Mark Olson's announcing that Jimmy's taking over, uh, just then. Oh, no, sorry, this is actually the next morning, so <laughs> a little time confused. The next morning, Jimmy and Dr. Herod are left alone. They're raising the American flag proudly over the Yeah, do that estate. every morning. And it cracks, Pledge it falls. It, it almost morning. kills um, Mr. Herod. And Jimmy says, uh, it's been sawed off, it's sabotaged, so that when we raise the flag, it would fall. And uh, Dr. Herod's thinking, it's one of, those, one of those kids is a psychopath killer. And they're all making you the target, Jimmy. Maybe you, you know, you better leave Olsen Town. He's trying to get him to leave. Jimmy goes, Jimmy looks really, um, who does he look like here? He looks like he's wearing eyeliner. He does. He, he look, he's looking really, uh, I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe Angelina Jolie or something like that he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. And Jimmy says, I'm no cream puff. Oh, my those, God. Those fellers can't all be bad. Uh, I've got to find them. Find out what makes him tick. I'm going to interview him, Mr. Action. Then I'll find the killer. So the next day, Jimmy goes in and he talks See, to the See, that's all kids. the kids need, though, is someone that listens. That's what, that's what Jimmy thinks, and is naive. I'm going to save these kids. But I love the kids. He's like, hey, dig yeah. this. The next day, Jimmy Olsen is kind of talking to him. He goes, this I guy. I Jimmy only does one thing a day. I know. He's like, today. <laughs> that's right. It wasn't I get introduced. I'm done for the day. We'll raise the flagpole. We're done for the day. Yeah, I'm going to interview, like, two kids. I'm done for the day. Um, so he interviews these kids, and they're all kind of making fun of him. He goes, those do-gooders, they get a real high out of listening to our soap operas. One kid says his uh, his dad was MIA in, in Vietnam. That... Oh, I thought it said his dad was Mia in Vietnam. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. They did. They added a, a little note in case the kids didn't know. And uh, and his mom was working really hard to uh to support his family and he couldn't find a job so you know he started to borrowing um s- stealing stuff stripping abandoned cars yeah stripping <laughs> though you know he said he borrowed stripping dot 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 abandoned cars <laughs> he said uh 
until the fuzz caught him breaking and entering looking for a warm place to sleep. They brought him here. This other kid kind of ones up, ones up, one ups him. The That's Native American says, Native American. you had it easy. I'm Johnny Wolf. I was born in a ghetto they called a reservation. Snake pit of desert and rocks. He says, uh, half-starred kid, I ran errands for the white man, putting on shows for passing tourists. This this is really depressing. Is it? Kind it's of, like yeah. guys are just giving him stale food, but he was caught for poaching. It's a was... fat guy smoking a cigar that's giving him stale food. Yeah, I know. And he's kind of, you know, having to beg for it on his reservation. And, uh, yeah, the police picked him up, and uh, now he's here at this thing. And, and everybody's telling him, cut it out, listening to our sob stories is just an ego trip for you. Who and are I you think to... that's Dennis the Menace. <laughs> it does look like a grown-up Dennis the Menace. He's got kind of a uh, striped shirt and overalls on. This kid says... And blonde hair. <laughs> Who are you to play God and pry into our lives just because you got a rich father? Jimmy's thinking to himself, how do I tell these kids I was also a poor orphan? They're not going to buy it anyway. No. Later, Jimmy. Dennis the Menace's parents were killed by Mr. Olson. That could or have Wilson. been it. Mr. Wilson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Mr. Olson. <laughs> same guy. Same guy. And uh, so Jimmy later says to Dr. Harrod, I've interviewed these kids. You know, they're just angry kids. They're, they've had a hard life. Not one of them seems like a killer. And then Mr. Harrod says, you haven't met Evo Denton. He's a, he hates everyone in the world. He hates everything. So they go to Evo's They notice, uh, notice he says he's a born cripple. Yeah, but, but he's he not. Was, That's true. He's not a born cripple. Well, maybe. No, no, you're right. They kind of established <laughs> that he wasn't. Yeah. That's true. So Jimmy goes so to either Herod is giving wrong information, or the writer just forgot. Could have been a little bit of both. A little bit That's... of both. So Jimmy goes in. He knocks on the door, and and uh, Evo says, "Come on in, Olson." He goes, "How does he know it's me?" Jimmy goes in. He's got all the science equipment, and he thinks to himself, "There's enough electronic equi- equipment for a dozen mad scientists. All these gizmos." Just then, uh, Evo. So right says, there, just because he has a lot of electronic equipment, Jimmy automatically thinks he's. The one Some kind of psycho, me. I know. Yeah. But then uh, Evo says, I know what you're thinking. You believe you all this. if Jimmy went to a Micro Center mall? <laughs> or Fry's Electronics. Oh, my God. Or Best Buy, even. Oh, jeez. It's like all this. Oh, <laughs> Jimmy would not last a day in the modern world. <laughs> but as Jimmy's thinking all this to himself, Evo says, um, you believe, you know, all the scientific equipment. I might be the culprit who's committing all this mysterious sabotage in Olsen Town. And Jimmy's, you know, scratching his chin. Are you some kind of mind reader? And he turns out he is. He's, he's, uh, and he says, a clever guess, Olsen. He's kind of mocking him a little bit. He goes, uh, ordinary science is, is boring him. He's interested in ESP. He shows him his kind of ESP cards, kind of like at the beginning of, uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah. He gives aired shocks all the time. <laughs> and then, uh, Jimmy's thinking, oh, it's a nice hobby. He goes, it's more than a hobby. Both my parents were atomic scientists. They died from radiation. As an infant, he was affected by radiation, and it crippled him, but it also gave him ESP and these magical, not magical, but these uh, paranormal powers. And uh, just then he's thinking to himself, he can feel the heat of a fire. Moments later, an alarm bell rings. A building on Olsen Town is on fire. Uh, Jimmy calls Superman to deal with the fire. Jimmy can't handle it himself. And one of the kids is laughing. He, he has That's to the get Dennis Superman. the Menace. Kid. It is. His hair looks longer now, though. Well, yeah. And Superman to put out the fire causes a tornado, which I feel like might be more dangerous. And kills two of the Olsen Town <laughs> kids. But uh, I so Superman puts out the fire, and later Superman finds an incendiary device that started the fire. And he's Superman says, since Evo predicted it, maybe he's the one who set the fire. Jimmy. Says no, no. His his powers. He's he's got these magical powers. <laughs> I like how that's all it takes. You know, the the guy correctly guessed what Jimmy was thinking, which, and he knew that Jimmy was coming to see him, and that was enough for Jimmy to believe. For Jimmy to go like, oh my god, yeah. Well, I like how all it took for Superman to lay the blame on someone was finding a device. Well, no, Superman says he predicted it, so. So right, he predicted it, but it was it. also because of the device. Oh yeah, yeah. Super, but you know, I trust Superman's instincts, but Jimmy. Jimmy, His instincts were wrong. Yeah, that's true. So uh, Evo takes Superman back to his room. He says, yeah, I've got these these ESP powers aren't like magic. They're natural abilities. And he, he thinks someday all mankind can develop them. 
And he says, um, you know, Superman was his hero when he was young. He shows him this scrapbook of all these stuff he's collected. And he said, I believe... Scrapbooking is big in the DC. It was, yeah. There's a lot of scrapbooking going on. And um, Superman says, yeah, now you have ESP. I don't even possess that. It's a great responsibility. Learn to use it well. Superman leaves. You can tell he's jealous, Superman. He is, yeah. And um, Superman says, now let's find out who's responsible for all this destruction. Jimmy says, skip it, Superman. You've done enough. He says, all the kids think I'm your errand boy. Let me solve this on my own. So Superman flies away, says, if you need his Wouldn't help, let Superman him Wouldn't Superman be Jimmy's errand boy, though? That's He's true. The one Superman that is the, the one who's calling. Yeah, I know. It's uh... Jimmy's the one that's calling Superman to do stuff. But Jimmy can't what... have these kids thinking he's not cool. He's not hip. Yeah. So Superman flies away. Um, Herod is kind of sweating. We see Herod there. He's, he's got his handkerchief. He's sweating really profusely. He drops it and kind of walks away. And... Uh, uh, Evo says all the sabotage just makes everybody nervous. Hera drops his handkerchief. He picks it up and thinks of, to himself, uh, I'm getting a mental picture. A serpent slipping into a crevice in the earth. I think he was hitting on Jimmy. Uh, I think he was, Jimmy. too. Yeah. Um, it he, sounds like it, yeah. He says he thinks that Herod is behind some of this. Jimmy now doesn't know what to think. Everybody's kind of pulling him in every different way. So that night, Jimmy stakes out the dormitory. He sees Evo leave. By cover of night, Jimmy's thinking, what is he doing? He looks around the corner. He loses Evo somehow. This guy <laughs> uses a cane. And uh, just then, Jimmy's knocked out by the cane. And uh, later, he wakes up, and his Superman signaling device has been stolen. But he sees footprints and cane prints leading away into a cave. And uh, Jimmy's thinking, this is what he must have meant, the serpent in the cave. He was trying to lead me here. He, he goes down into the cave. He sees these skulls. It's like a really obvious cave. I'm surprised no one had discovered no one this before. Found it, because yeah. right away, there's the, the skeleton that we saw on, on the cover. Yeah, the, the, the gold is basically at the mouth of the cave. Yes, and uh, Jimmy sees it. He thinks, you know, what's going on? This, this skeleton's covered in this uh, stalagmite. It's in the, in the limestone. There's a lot of you learn you learn a lot of words reading a Jimmy Olsen. That's true. Or if you're a kid, slagmites, clairvoyance is mentioned. Right. I mean, they really kind of go into a lot of the details of ESP here. Yeah, they do. I feel like someone did just read a book on it or something and wanted to <laughs> wanted to use that. Well, ESP was pretty big in the '70s. Yeah, you know, had Gary Geller and stuff. Right. That's true. We're gonna have the amazing Randy come on the next issue of and right. debunk yeah. Jimmy Olsen's friend. <laughs> Um, so just then another light comes. It's it's Doctor Heller inv- invite uh, exactly. uh, Evo on the next episode of Bullshit. Exactly. Um, just then another flare of light, and uh, Herod comes out. He's holding the gun. He says, "I see you found the remains of Benito Narvez and his followers." Um, he says they were they were looking for the Fountain of Youth. Um, and they raided through the mountains of the southeast, stealing the gold and jewels from the native Indians. And uh, But the Indians drove them back into this cave, and that's where they all died, and they were preserved here with their gold. And uh, I found this <laughs> manuscript in a Spanish monastery. Only what was Herod doing in a Spanish monastery? I know. That's, I, this, kind of, this story is, is really wacky. And he says, I found this directions and his treasure... And Jimmy says, so you were behind all those fires, explosions. He was trying to scare his father away from Olsen Town. Now, can I, can I say something? Yes. Olsen, Mark Olsen didn't know this was here. Why couldn't Perry just gone in there and got it? I know. I, but I feel like Perry needs some excavation equipment in here, and he would have found out. Because these, these guys are all trapped in the stone. They've been preserved there. Well, uh, I, I, it just doesn't seem like Herod was drawing attention almost to what he was doing. By That's, causing the explosion. It's kind of like a Scooby-Doo storyline here, yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy thinks an Evo... I guess, that, I guess that means Evo's a dog. A what? A dog. Oh, that's... Evo is Scooby-Doo in this? Yeah. I was gonna say, and Jimmy's Velma? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Superman is Fred. That's... that's Superman's the van. The mystery <laughs> that makes more sense. The mystery machine. The mystery machine, right? And that Native American's shaggy. That's right. So, uh, Herod leads him down, and he ties up uh, Jimmy. He's got Evo chained down there too. 
Jimmy says to Evo, why did you knock me out? I thought it was you. And Evo said he wanted, you know, he he was suspicious of Herod and he wanted to, to do this himself. He didn't want Superman or Jimmy helping him. He wanted to use his own powers. Um, but now they're trapped down here. Neither of them have the signaling device. But Jimmy thinks, you know, you could call him with your telepathic power. So Evo concentrates really hard and starts sending out. You can out. see Evo got nervous. He's like, oh, man, he's going to find out that I'm, I really don't have <laughs> I know. I, that's what I was thinking. He's like, look, Jimmy, none of that stuff is real. But apparently it is because he's I signaling I just took out. a guess it was you on the other side. I mean, who else would it be knocking? Like, I don't have any friends. And um, So Superman, so, so Evo calls out to Superman. Superman hears him, but... He can only call the signals getting so weak. Superman's kind of going in the direction of the cave. And uh, Evo has to stop. He, it, it's, his head's hurting too much. And Jimmy says, you can't quit now. Superman might be nearby. So Jimmy's got an idea. <laughs> and he says, take off your shirt. Oh, my God. And Evo says, now's not the time. But no, they take off their shirts. They rip them up into little pieces of the blue and red fabric. And they put them down in the nearby stream. But the stream's too far away. And uh, Jimmy's like, how are we going to get him over there? And uh, instead of, I thought, oh, they're going to throw him. But instead, no. Evo Tele- uses his telekinesis telekinesis to move them. So they really escalated the, the powers Evo's of powers Evo Because like, it went from, like, guessing what Jimmy was thinking, which kind of anyone could have guessed. To all the way to, like, moving, levitating objects. Yeah, levitating objects. So he levitates the objects into the stream. Couldn't uh, he then levitate the Superman signal out of Herod's pocket? That's true. That's I I don't know how he or levitate themselves out of these chains somehow. I don't know. <laughs> like these chains, it's. <laughs> but anyway, Superman sees the scraps of clothing. He he follows them back because they're his colors. That's right. If they weren't, he'd be like, "Oh, weird scraps of clothing. <laughs> Whatever." It's only because. So it's a good thing that. Jimmy and Eva were wearing red and blue shirts. That's true. They always try to color coordinate like that. Did yeah. I, I mean, mention if, also... If they were wearing, like, green and white, the Green Lantern would have had to have shown up. Do you think the character of Garth in Wayne's World was based on Based Eva? on Eva, Because he looks yes. exactly like Garth. I should have mentioned that earlier. So Superman finds him. They tell him um, what Herod's been up to. Superman grabs Herod, takes him off to jail. The next day, the boys of Olsen Town visit the cavern, and, and Jimmy shows them all... This treasure, they're going to use it to um, to build Olsen towns all over America. The kids are super happy. Um, really for no reason. The kids, the whole time they've been at Olsen town have just complained about it. I know. They're like, yeah, we can blow up more Olsen towns. That's why they're happy. <laughs> um, also, Evo, he's not going to stay in Olsen town. Superman convinced him Metropolis University to admit him on a full scholarship as long as he lets them study his ESP powers. So they're going to use him as, like, some kind of weird science yeah, experiment. Yeah, they're going to cut his head open. Yep. And uh, the next day, Perry Mason cover, we see... He gives Lois some shit, first off. Yes, we see in the offices of the Daily Planet, uh, Lois says, I thought Jimmy was on a leave of absence. And, and Perry Mason says, wrong, there's never a day off for Mr. Action. He just filled the greatest story of his career. What's this really his great... And if this is the greatest story of his career, he's he had a kind of like a poor career. Yeah. And that was it, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Olsen. Um, seem, seemingly written by Jimmy Olsen, I want to say. That's... <laughs> Mark Olson never showed back up. I know. I think he, he got amnesia. He's in a jungle to this day still. That's technically his money, and Jimmy's already saying he's opening Olsen towns all over America. I know. I ju- and he's going to come back, Jimmy, what did you do? I'm ruined. I can't. I hid that money. <laughs> that was me, you idiot. It was my idea. I That's paid why Harris. I have no money left. I've been hiding it for years. Tax-free, Jimmy! Tax-free! Oh, God. You know what? I, I'm, you're no longer my son. <laughs> These kids were my they were my patsies. I could say they blew up my house. It's an insurance scam, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy has no clue. Mm. All right, the next story, The Gift-Wrapped Doom. Oh, my, I have to find it first. Yeah, it's, it's way in there. Go past the Hollywood crypto story. story. Yeah, here we go. The gift wrap doom. It opens right away. Again, the splash. Again, page. I, yeah, I feel like this is gunfire. A strange cry echoing in the icy wilderness, and so begin 
the first grim moments of Jimmy's terrifying adventure with the gift wrap doom. We see Jimmy on a on a snowmobile, kind of going through the mountains and all decked out in snow gear. Yeah. By the way, when green he, snow gear. By the way, do you know when and where this was uh, first published? This issue because this is not. A new I, I think this is a, an original story as well. Oh, is it? Okay. I think. Let me look though, because it could be wrong. It was, uh, yeah, this was an original story for this one. All right, because this is a weird one, because Jimmy is riding the snowmobile around, this guy's shooting at him from this cabin, and Jimmy says, hey, elephant. But, it, but I, I will say, in uh, Australia, it was reprinted in Mighty Comic number 116. Right, the Australians needed a second dose yeah. of gift wrap doom. Jimmy says, hey, elephant, hold your fire. It's me, Jimmy Olsen, Mr. Action. And then, and we see Jimmy goes up to the the cabin. There's this big fat guy in there, and I guess his name is Elephant. Jimmy wasn't making fun of him. He's the elephant's uh, this big fat bald guy wearing a plaid shirt. He's saying, um, and he was like the head of the underworld society. Right. He uh, he explains to Jimmy assassins. He's he doesn't of, look like he doesn't look like he'd be the head of anything for the right. He's the head of Grave Diggers Incorporated, the guy who planned all the killings for the syndicate. They want to kill him now because he knows too much. Jimmy says, you know, apparently Elephant had Jimmy out for a hit and Jimmy Olsen 159, which was, is that the issue prior to this one, wasn't it? No, this, would, uh, no, this is 164. Oh, okay, so. so it was a little bit earlier. Yeah. And Jimmy says, I got your message asking for help, but why should I worry about you? And he goes, you know, you're Mr. Action. And the Elephant knows how to play, play to Yeah, Jimmy. play to his ego. He goes, you're Mr. Action, you know. I don't want to die. Save me, and and I'll give you the evidence against the mob. I'll give up everything I know. Just what do you I... think? What do you think Jimmy came up with the Mister Action name? What do you think he was doing? I bet he was on the toilet. I bet he was with a lady, and he said, "Call me Mister Action." <laughs> okay, or both. Both. That, oh my god, probably both. Um, just then, we see some of the members of the syndicate outside the cabin. They're listening in. They they're, they said the tip. They got was great. Just follow Jimmy Olsen. He'll lead us I right think, to the yeah, elephant's Yeah, I think Jimmy gave him the tip. Yeah, Jimmy did. Just then, me. gunshots ring through the cabin. The elephant's hit. He's he's dying. Jimmy says, are you hurt bad? <laughs> Jimmy doesn't seem too concerned. Also, that people just shot at him through the window. He's not concerned about that. Well, he's Mr. Action. So. The elephant says he had it coming. The joke's on them. They were wrong about the elephant. The real elephant never forgets. Look over there. He's got this packaged all nice nicely wrapped up with this blue ribbon. He says, that yep. is the secret. I, I hit all the secrets about the syndicate in there. Take that you to think the police. He, do you think he took that package to Sears? They have a gift wrap? It, it looked very nice. I want to say the elephant did a very good job of that. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy grabs a package. He, goes, he says, I got to get this back, but the syndicate, they're, they're watching me. They're out there. Jimmy runs to his snowmobile, rips away. The syndicate members see him. They, they get in their snowmobiles, and I love how they, they mention... Um, the syndicates, you know, always willing to, to splurge. They bought super high-powered snow uh, snow tigers. Yeah. <laughs> so they're faster than Jimmy. But Jimmy says um, he's been – he went to last year's National Snow Carnival, which is not a thing. <laughs> but he says he, he learned how to really ride these snowmobiles. So he's whipping around. The goons are flying off their snowmobiles. They're hitting tree branches, killing them, I guess. But Jimmy – He's he's outmaneuvering them. Just then, he goes over a ridge. They say we're we're catching up to him. The last goon on the last snowmobile. Jimmy goes over the ridge. The goons go over into a freezing lake, dying, uh, instantly. dying instantly. Yes, and Jimmy says the the final lesson, guys. Um, you need to know where you're going. That's what Jimmy said because he yeah. he knew this ridge was there. Well, he's Mister Action. Yes, that was a very action packed sequence. Jimmy going it was, over the yeah. place. Yeah. Um, this then Jimmy calls Superman and Superman comes and takes the goons, takes Jimmy back to the police station. Jimmy unwraps the present and it's just a brick. And Su I love Superman says, Jimmy, you've been conned, bamboozled, played for a sap. I wanna, Superman's rubbing it in. I want to say he kept going on like you were made an ass of a fool. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. An imbecile. He's, he's rubbing it in. Um, the goons. Because Superman hasn't been able to bring down the syndicate. You know, that's right. Right. The goons are laughing. They says, you know, maybe you'll get us for killing the elephant, but you will get a minimum sentence because he was a known killer. You'll never and find out what happened to the, the syndicate. That, and that's true. If, like, say you were out 
and you saw a known killer out and you killed him, you wouldn't go to jail. They, that's how it works it. in the DC universe. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Well, just, I mean, just... vigilanteism is like applauded. Look at Batman. Yes, yes. Just then Jimmy's thinking to himself, this can't be right. The elephant wouldn't lie to me like that. But wait, this blue ribbon, he has the answer. He t- Superman takes him to a huge computer center and Jimmy feeds the blue ribbon into the computer and it prints out all the contracts, all the information. Weeks later, um, we see the syndicate Quick shut trial. down. Quick trial. <laughs> the flake gate, this is not. <laughs> um, as the criminals are led away, Lois Lane is interviewing Jimmy. And uh, she says, once again, Mr. Action got action. Jimmy's looking really proud. Yeah. White turtleneck. Looking real good. Um, and that's it. And Superman also calls Jimmy. Terrific Jimmy. Your fans will never forget Mr. Action either. They really were trying to sell this Mr. Action thing. Mr. Action I don't thing. think it caught on. I want to see Mr. Action write a story about the NFL and Balgazi. <laughs> On to our final... Do you think if, if they were still making these Mr. Action stories, that would be one of the stories? Yes, it would be It would be all Deflategate all the time. <laughs> it would be Steve the Slinger. Um, on to our final Jimmy Olsen story. Really more of a Perry White story. They say yeah. featuring Perry White, but it's really Perry White. This right. is a re- reprint, right? So this is from right. the 60s. This is, this is... Yeah, this one was reprinted from um, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen number 76, okay, April so. 1964. So exactly like 10 years earlier. Right. So um, we open up. We see Lois, Jimmy, and Superman, and Perry White all kind of dressed in these old 1860s clothes. And uh, Perry White's pouring out some water, and they're in the desert. And, and Lois Lane saying, you know, we're dying. Please give us water. Perry says, no, you weaklings, I wouldn't waste it on you. I need it for myself. Everyone knows the toughest editor in the newspaper game is Perry White of the Daily Planet. He's very tough. Yeah. But though Perry is rough on reporters... He fights in the octagon from time to time. (laughs) Although he's rough on his reporters, we always suspected that beneath it all, he's a grand guy who would give his friends the shirt off his back. But perhaps you'll change your mind about Perry when you watch him turn into a selfish, power-hungry tyrant as he goads the planet staff along the Death March. I would say it did change my mind about that. It did change my mind as well. And I kept wondering why Superman just didn't pound him into submission. (laughs) I know, it was was very cruel. So we see um, the Daily Planet, we open the Daily Planet, Perry's there smoking a cigar with Lois and... We think it's a cigar, but it's really just a giant marijuana cigarette. yeah. Yeah. He's, he's bragging. The planet got the certificate for raising $5,000 for a charity, and uh, their rival, the Daily Sentinel, promised to do a feature story about him. But the next day, he gets the advance copy of the story. Perry White, descendant of disgraced soldier, C- Colonel Stoneheart White, <laughs> led a death march. It's what this paper says and in that's 1870. A, that, so the front page of this newspaper is just what you read, essentially. <laughs> They wrote it in, like, these giant letters. It's a smear piece, and Perry yeah. White is pissed. He says, this is outrageous. He wasn't a villain. He was a hero. Yeah. In 1870, while escaping from the Indians, his Perry ancestors... White, I mean... Yeah. Perry White is essentially the Donald Trump of his era. Right, it's true. He kind of is, yeah. He's like, He's like that's it, I'm running for president. The losers. <laughs> You're fired. He's trying to fire them throughout this episode, too, so... <laughs> um, oh, did you, by the way, did you see the Donald Trump hat... Make America Great Again. It's like the new ironic fashion statement. That was no, in the I, New York Times. I haven't seen it yet. Um, so Perry Mason says, in 1870, while escaping the Indians, his ancestor led his troops and a few civilian families across the desert badlands. But he was the only one who survived. And uh, everyone accused him of hounding and bullying everyone in the group, and that's why they died. He, he took control. And... Uh, Clark Kent says, uh, it's odd that Colonel White was the only man to survive the deal, the ordeal. So right away, Clark already knows this sounds like BS. Yeah, I know. And Perry White says, uh, that's because he was a seasoned soldier. Everyone else was weaklings. It's survival of the fittest out there. He goes, you know what we're going to do? They're losers. They don't deserve <laughs> to be around me. He's going to say, 
He's like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna build a wall around the the Daily Planet and make Mexico pay for it. That's what that's what Perry White said. So, no, he said we're gonna reenact that death march, and I'm gonna show him what really happened. This is a terrible idea, but he wants. But my my favorite thing is after he says that, Lois just says a death march. Yet grown, the things we have to do for so so she isn't like this is crazy. She just is like, oh god, this stuff this happens again. all the time. Yeah. So days it must later, be hell working for Perry Perry White. I know it is. As we see in this issue, it is it yeah. is actual hell. Days later, we see them. They're all dressed. Perry White went all out. He got them these period costumes. Look, they they look like they're um, Union soldiers, kind of. Yeah. And Lois looks like a Little House on the Prairie kind of dressed up in. Uh, they're at the Badlands. They've got a wagon and horses. He says, we'll start here. I'll act as stone <laughs> heart. What are White. they doing? Because they, you're right. They do look like Union soldiers. So what are they doing in the Badlands? Well, it's, it's like... That's in, like, uh, the Badlands. Are, isn't that in, like, one of the Dakotas? Yeah. It's, this is, like, you know, during the, the uh, like, Colonel, or, uh, what is it, Muster's Last Stand and stuff like that. You know, these these weren't just un these were American uniforms for a long time. So this I guess were just true, army. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're right. This this isn't like Civil War reenactment. This was some other kind of 1870. <laughs> Perry Mason was Perry White was the first of the uh, Civil, Civil War. Yeah, right? exactly. So he says Prince Green Arrow is not there. He's got them all dressed up. Just then a uh, a helicopter appears. It's a state ranger. He lands and says, you know, what are you guys doing out here? You you guys are trying to duplicate that ghastly death march. Uh, you, you'll never you'll never make it out alive, Perry. So that makes me think that other people have tried this before. Yes, I know. Perry White says the others might chicken out, but I'm a descendant of old Stoneheart, and we're a rugged breed. Um, the the park ranger says, "Look," he talks to Lois. He says, "If, if anything goes bad, just wave a white flag. I'll come pick you up." And he's like, "He says, Jimmy Clark, I'm not going to pick you guys up." Yeah, he's like, "You guys are on your own." So later, the helicopter leaves. They're kind of marching out. Um, <laughs> Perry White makes makes Jimmy and Clark walk on their own. Him and him and Lois ride in the covered wagon. Just then, something scares the horses, and they they go away. Uh, Clark manages to use a super breath somehow to save one of the, <laughs> the horses from running. The other horse dies out in the the wilderness, I guess, just to prove a point that Perry is trying to make. Right. Yeah. Uh, Perry starts mocking, uh, Clark. He says, luckily that horse accidentally hooked its reins on that rock, you clumsy oaf. And he says, now here's the penalty. I'm going to ride the horse. Um, Lois, you walk. Clark and Jimmy, you, you have to drag the, (laughs) the covered wagon with your bare hands. Um, Clark's kind of getting fed up with this. He goes, you know, I have my super strength. They'll make the load easier, but this is getting ridiculous. Just then Clark uses some of his uh, laser vision to to make uh, Perry's horse buck him off. And uh, it bucks him off, and he's, of course, very pissed off about it. And uh, But what what can he do? So later they're walking in the covered wagon, and they realize their, their water supply is short. It had a leak in it. But Perry says, uh, okay, I'm going to fill my canteen. I'll give you guys a ration of a spoonful of water a day. Lois looks horrified. <laughs> um, and and uh, Clark says, you're not being fair. You know, we should all have a fair share. He goes, you know, all right, yeah, you can. You guys can quit any time. But if you do, I expect all of you to resign from the Daily Planet. This is horrible abuse of his uh, powers. Power. I'm just assuming he wanted to get these guys to quit so he could hire cheaper labor. That's what I think. That's what this plan really was. Yeah. Um, as they march out, they see uh, an abandoned old wreck, like an old jeep. Jimmy thinks maybe there's uh, water in the radiator. Clark goes to get it and he sanitizes it by boiling it really fast and cooling it with super breath. I like how they added that in so kids wouldn't go just drink water drink out of Drink water out of cars. <laughs> um, just as Lois is about to take a sip, Perry Mason knocks it. Not Perry Mason. Perry White knocks it out of her hand. Lois I like says, to think it's Perry Mason, though. <laughs> Lois says, have you flipped? He goes, it's supposed to be a death march, you sissies. Where's your courage? He, he wants to kill him. I think it, yeah, that's basically what he said. Um, I wish this would have gone to its natural conclusion with Jimmy and Lois dying and yes. then Clark revealing he's Superman and just, like I said, pounding Perry into submission. <laughs> um, Clark's thinking to himself, this is becoming cruel and tyrannical. I, I knew Perry could be hard-boiled, but this is getting too much. Later, um, we see uh, 
Lois comes across the snake and she's, she's afraid it's about to bite her. Um, Clark and Jimmy drop the wagon to deal with the snake, but just then the wagon rolls off a cliff. All their supplies are in there. And Perry Mason orders Clark and Jimmy to climb down this dangerous cliff with all these loose rocks and bring their, um, bring all the equipment back. up. Yeah. And, uh, so they, they bring it back up at great danger. And, and, uh, Perry's not even helping him. Lois is even helping pulling him back up. And Perry says, an officer can't do menial tasks. He's really getting into this role play. Of, he is, uh, yeah. Well, I think he's just showing his true colors, you know? Right. So, uh, later, Perry, we see Perry eating. He's eating all the nice food that they have. They have to survive on crackers. It just um, looks like he's eating a can of beans, though, let's be fair. It's not like he's eating, you know, roasted duck or anything. Right, right, that's true. But he did, later, we see, as the march is about to resume, he makes them all line up. He goes, uh, one of my chocolate bars is missing from our supplies. Which one of you took it? Uh, I love, Clark points out, um, there was a candy wrapper at your feet. You probably ate it and forgot I about forgot. it. Uh, but Perry White's not having any of this insubordination. He goes, you dare accuse me of being a liar? Here's the punishment. Take off your boots. We're walking the rest of the way in bare feet. Um, <laughs> just then, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're all kind of complaining about it. And Perry says, you crybabies are ready to give up. Well, just have a white cloth. If you wave the white cloth, the helicopter will come pick you up and uh, you all have to quit the Daily Planet. You know, when he first devised this plan, that wasn't part of it. I know. They, he got him out there under the He just made that up halfway pretense. through. Yeah, okay. I know. And so later we see Lois faints from heat exhaustion. Jimmy's waving her off with a... Um, he's trying to wake her up with a, uh, a towel, a white towel, which causes the park ranger to land. And he goes, are you guys ready to quit? And Lois goes, um, no, we're just beginning to enjoy this hike. She's not going to let Perry have the satisfaction how long do you think this trip is? It's 100 miles, and they almost made it the whole way, apparently. So how many... I mean, that would be multiple days, correct? Right. I mean, it's enough for Lois to pass out from heat exhaustion, almost die. So um, this guy in this helicopter has been following them the entire... Doesn't he have to refuel ever? It's a solar-powered. Oh, okay. Think, yeah. So then, uh, later, Harry White trips. He knocks his head on a... On a um, on a rock and he, he passes out and uh, Jimmy just wants to leave him. <laughs> <laughs> but Lois says, no, let's flag down that park ranger. We, we can't just leave him. Jimmy was right. You know? Yeah. Jimmy's like, let's leave him. He said it was survival of the fittest. Let's go. That's how, that's, that's the type of attitude he brings to Olsen town. Exactly. The next day after Perry's ferry to the hospital, um, he, he said it was just a mild concussion. He'll be fine. Um, and uh, Jimmy says, look, you're, what, what, what were you trying to prove? Don't you think that your ancestor really was disgraced? I mean, he, if he acted like that, and then just then Perry Mason says, I got to confess something. There never was a stone heart white or a death march. The story was phony. And Lois is like, you put us through that horrible, <laughs> horrible ordeal for nothing. But why? And Perry explains this as though they'll think it's just, oh. Like, okay. okay. Like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. He goes, well, look, I had a bet with the owner of the Sentinel that my employees were more loyal, and uh, he bet me $10,000, and he came up with this angle and printed up that fake newspaper, and I got you guys all out there. So, and, wait, not only did he lie to his staff right. and act cruelly to them, the Sentinel, I mean, loses all credibility in my case. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're it deliberately some printing wrong. false stories That's on the true. front page. And... Exactly. I mean, this the, this the is what that billionaires do. Newspaper editors do. Right. And so, you know, he says, I I'm surprised you. that anyone buys a newspaper in Metropolis. Right. No, it's just, these are all just, just the sick games that they play. And, uh, and Clark says, but what if we hadn't turned back to help you? What, you know, <laughs> what, what about that? What if that ranger hadn't been close by? It turns out the ranger was the editor from the Sentinel. He has a, he was wearing a rubber mask the whole time. What a great rubber mask that no one noticed. Yes. Not even Superman. It's true. Not even Superman knew. And uh, now, I like that the sunglasses that the park ranger wore were part of the plastic. Yes, exactly. Mask. And I also like 
I thought he was going to say, you know, I was just patrolling to make sure you, sure you guys were okay and didn't die. No, he said, I, I needed to patrol just to make sure he was giving you a hard time. Yeah. Well, he was getting his jollies watching. Right. Eric and Lois says, well, I guess we lost the bet since we signaled our helicopter. He goes, no, you, you only did, did it to aid your editor. Um, you really are loyal. You guys passed the test, and I'm going to donate the money to charity. You, but you guys Jimmy's, really have been beat down so much yes. by... Jimmy wanted to leave him, though. Jimmy did not pass the test. Later, Jimmy's the only normal person. Right. Later in the Daily Planet, days later, um, Perry Perry White's forcing him back to work. He goes, you've had that little peaceful vacation. I want some scoops now. Get out he there. He meant ice cream scoops. He wants some That's ice cream. That's what he meant, yeah. And that's it. The tyranny of Perry White lives on in Superman family. Uh, Jimmy Olsen wishes that they left him for dead. <laughs> I want scoops. Lots of so, scoops. Two scoops of raisins. Next issue will be, or next episode will be back on the Adventure, adventure Comics. And we're just going to alternate Superman family in a, the 1940s Adventure Comics. And uh, yeah, leave us comment at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stevenandy. Um, send us an email, stevenandy at gmail.com. Leave us an iTunes review. Tell your friends. Yeah. And uh, right. we should point out that not every Superman family will be so Jimmy Olsen heavy. Right. right. We might, we're going to mix it up. But this this was a Jimmy Olsen present, so we had to, yeah. we had to really do it. All right, Andy, any closing comments, final words? Not, no, not that I can... Not that Future I can. predictions, premonitions... Oh, ESP. my God, I don't know. I mean, I'm not Evo Denton, so... <laughs> All right. I really can't make any kind of predictions In like that, that case, I predict I will see you soon. Uh, I'll see you soon, too. That sounded like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. See ya.